0: Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope, and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com.
1: Well, it's great to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, my name's Ash or John Eshelman. Um, and I really want to be present to you guys this morning. Uh, I have these notes, and it's—I hate—I don't like speaking that much, and feeling like I got to make them come alive, you know, and be amazing. Uh, I simply want to know you guys and be known by you guys. And I think about at least on one occasion uh, when Jesus was about to teach. I don't know if he had notes that he was going over. <laughs> Or anything like that, what he had in his briefcase. But uh, it said he looked on the crowd first. And he had compassion on them. And he saw them. And I just want you to, I see you guys. I have compassion on you. Uh, It's a beautiful day out. You're in here. (laughs) Uh, The swell is up for you surfers. Uh, You're antsy. Uh, But I see you and I hope you see me. Uh, and that you would have compassion on me as well. And uh, that we could get into a good conversation about Jesus. Uh, we're going to be talking about this idea of practicing the presence of God. Um, Bug asked me to speak about prayer. And this was the one that I've been living in this idea of practicing the presence of God for the last year. Uh, the, the phrase, practicing the presence of God, is mostly attributed to a guy named Brother Lawrence. If you're not a reader, this is your guy, okay? I mean, most of it is blank pages, and then there's a couple, you know, the things that he actually said, it's like even that much. It's a tiny book. This is your book. Uh, I picked this up last year and uh, started reading it. He's a 17th century monk, and he was a part of the Discalced Carmelites in France, which sounds totally weird, whatever that means. It just means that they didn't wear shoes These were monks that didn't wear shoes, Uh, and it was their commitment to a simple way of living. Now, we don't wear shoes because we don't really need to because we live in Southern California, and everything's paved and nice, and it's warm out. But they didn't wear shoes back then uh, as a way of showing that they lived simple lives. And so I started to read this guy, and uh, he was just committed to this idea of living in the presence of God, all the time. And so, in your Bibles, if you could turn to Psalms, chapter sixteen. It's right in the middle. If you're not a Bible person, you could probably open your Bible right in the middle, and you'll find it. Look at that! I opened right to it. Psalm chapter sixteen. I didn't even have my marker. Here we go. See, I've been I've been actually reading this verse. Psalm chapter 16 is a beautiful psalm, uh, but the verses that captured my heart are verses 8 and 9, and I want to focus in on those two verses, and so I'm going to read them, and uh, we can put them up on the slide here. I keep the Lord always before me, because He is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my soul rejoices. And my body also rests secure. That sounds good, doesn't it? Now, I don't know about you, but when I read this verse, I think, I want what the author has. Whoever wrote that, I want that. I want my heart to be glad. I want my soul to rejoice. And I want my body to rest secure. Unfortunately, this is not how I would always describe myself. Is this you guys? I don't. It's just not the Lord is with us. You hear this all the time, you know, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God is all around. God is everywhere. His spirit is all encompassing. He's omnipresent, these sorts of things. And so, and then I read that second part and I think, well, that's not always me. Now, most of the time, I'd like to think that my heart is glad and my soul rejoices and my body rests secure. But there are those times when I think, no, not so much. And I would argue it's because we don't actually do this first part. Where he says, I keep the Lord always before me. I would argue that we don't always acknowledge that he is at our right hand. That he is as close as our breath. Because we live such distracted lives. It's so hard to focus. We don't even recognize God's presence all around us. So, we don't reap the benefits. We don't get to say, therefore, my heart is glad, my soul rejoices, and my body rests secure. Uh, I want to show a little clip for you guys that I think will shed some light on this subject and identify at least one of the culprits. Uh of our distracted lives. Uh, This is a clip that comes from uh, Conan O'Brien. He's a late night talk show host, if you're not familiar with him. And he's interviewing a comedian named Louis C.K., who's kind of getting big on the comedian scene right now. Uh, Had a show on HBO, I think, and on some FX or something, and he decided, I'm just going to commit to stand-up for a while. And this guy uh, talks a little bit about cell phones. Uh, now, as you watch it, I don't want you just to be thinking, well, I don't have a cell phone, I don't have an iPhone, I don't have a Samsung Galaxy, whatever it is. Uh, just be thinking, what is it for me that's distracting? Because I think for a lot of my generation, it's the phone. And a lot of for the generations that's coming up, it's the phone. So let's just watch this short clip. The thing is, I, you need
0: to build an ability to just be yourself and not be doing something. That's what the phones yes. are taking away, yes. is the ability to just sit there like this. That's being a person, right? Yes. No one can... They've got to... Uh, you got to check. Because, you know, underneath everything in your life, there's that thing, that empty, forever empty. You know what I'm talking about? That, yes. Yes. Yes, I, yes. Yes, Just I know that, what you're talking about. that knowledge that it's all for nothing and you're alone. You know, it's down there. And sometimes when things clear away, you're not watching it, you're in your car and you start going, oh, no, here it comes, that I am alone, like it starts to visit on you. You know, just the sadness. Yes. Life is tremendously sad just by, you know, being in it. And so you're driving, and then you go, "Uh, that's why we text and drive. I look around, pretty much 100% of people driving are texting. Yes. And they're killing, everybody's murdering each other with their cars. Yes. But people are willing to risk taking a life and ruining their own because they don't want to be alone for a second.
1: Now this is not a pastor, but I kind of wish he was. Uh, <laughs> amen. I mean, I think this is amazing uh, insight into insight into my soul. Uh, there's so much I would love to say about that clip, but what I love is that both Louis C.K. and Conan O'Brien, these guys that you know from our point of view, kind of have it pretty good, right? They live pretty luxurious lives they were chilling backstage beforehand in the green room eating milanos you know they were doing well but underneath it all he say there's that empty forever empty and uh it's all for nothing and you're alone and what do we do when that happens we just laugh is that that's that's our response to this tremendous sad thing in our life we don't we wouldn't actually engage what that is so we just have to laugh. But what the, what the psalmist says is a little different, right? That if you would keep the Lord before you if, you, if you would acknowledge that he's at your right hand, that things would actually look a little bit different. Your heart would be glad. Underneath it all, your soul would rejoice, not that empty, forever empty. And that your body would rest secure. But instead of being present to God, like he says, this is a lot easier. Because God is kind of foreign and out there and other in a way it feels like sometimes. And so it's hard just to sit there and be a person. And so instead, well, let's just send out something so that I know that I'm alive. Or watch something so I don't have to be reminded that I'm all by myself right now. Just go to Starbucks and watch people waiting in line. You know, it's just too weird to just stand there and be a person. I'm just waiting for my coffee. Is that okay? No? Are you connected to anybody? Do you have anyone? Are you you present to anyone? So our hearts aren't glad. Our souls don't rejoice. And we face this emptiness like Louis was talking about, this forever empty. We keep facing it. And we just keep trying to distract ourselves. And our bodies don't rest secure. And if you're like me, that last part, that would be real nice. I mean, for most of us, especially in this culture, our bodies are a source of anxiety, self-loathing, dissatisfaction, pain, especially as you get older. Sometimes we just wake up hurting. This is not our experience, I would argue. What would it be like to just have a body that rested secure? I'm not sure if I've told you this story before, but uh, last year I attended the National Prayer Breakfast in Washington, D.C. And this is a, a gathering of about three or 4,000 people from 180 different countries to pray for our country, to pray for our nation and their own nations. Uh, the president and the vice president, members of the cabinet, the Congress, they all attend. And, uh, and I've been going to this thing for the last 14 years, but last year was one of my favorites. And I'll, I'll tell you why it has a lot to do with, with this little book, practicing the presence. And, uh, in years past, I've been going to this thing for a long time. I'd volunteer and I'd want to help out and I'd, you know, but I'm standing there and I'm, I'm helping ushering people in and I'm checking people in international registration. And all the while I'm seeing like these celebrities come in and, really important people. And, oh, there's the, you know, there's the prime minister. Uh, there's, you know, there's the, uh, the head of state from this country and that country. And so you start to see all these people. There's Hillary Clinton. There's, you know, it's just uh, all these different people are coming through. Uh, people that I respect and that I like, uh, I would see uh, Franklin Graham, you know, Billy Graham's son. I'd see all kinds of different people coming through. And so, what would happen inevitably is I'd be in a conversation with someone that I didn't think was as important as someone that was right behind them. Have you ever, you ever been in this situation? Maybe you just walked into a party, and the first person you saw, you're like, yeah, I don't really want to talk to you. <laughs> there's like there's like two people right over there I'm trying to get to, <laughs> you know? And so, you, you, you greet them, and you're like, hey, it's so good to see you, like it's, I'll be right back, you know, and you're like, (laughs) and you just kind of move away your way around them. You've gotten into a conversation. You're already turning the wheels. How am I going to get out of this so that I can go talk to them over there? And this is how I was. Uh, I was looking straight through people beyond them, behind them. And you, you know, these people, right? That they're not really present to you in a conversation. You're talking to them, but like, you know, they're just eyeing someone else or their their mind is in another place. They're not really with you. And that's how I was. So I'm standing here, but I'm really kind of over there and I'm back there. I'm guilty. This is just my confession. Maybe none of you are like me. I hope not. But this last year was different. I'd been reading this idea of practicing the presence of God. And... Uh, And he was one, he was just a guy that just didn't want to leave the presence of the Lord, no matter what he did. Because I think sometimes we'll wake up, we'll pray, and then we'll go to work, or we'll start our day, and then we'll go to bed and we'll pray again. And then kind of the in-between time, we kind of forgot all about the reality that God is still with us. And so what I would do this last year that was different is I would pray each time I came across a human being. Not someone that was important, not someone that I was looking forward to, but just a human being, no matter what their station was in life. I would simply pray, Lord, I'm here. I'm present. What do you have for me in this? It changed everything. Now, you have to do a little mental gymnastics because they might be saying their name or <laughs> something while you're praying this prayer in your head. And, but I found the Lord usually got me through it uh, and helped me to remember. But I would simply say, like, if I was going to come and, and I was meeting Jojo, and I know Jojo, so it's not like I have to remember his name, but we're just about to have a conversation. And I simply say, before we start talking or even at the beginning, I just simply say, I'm here, I'm present. What do you have for me in this? It changed everything for me. And this series, I know, Boog, what did you say? It was like a, a, a spirituality hack. <laughs> like how to really un, unravel this and get into what's happening in our spiritual lives. Uh, it's a practical series. How to change some habits so that the spirit might transform you. And when I'm talking about the practicing the presence of Jesus in your life, I'm talking about the desire to, to develop a continual openness and awareness of Jesus and his presence. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about that and then I'll get back to DC and I'll I'll tell you a little bit more about the prayer breakfast. Practicing the presence, it's an invitation to see and experience every moment as a gift from God. Now we hear that kind of stuff. We see it in movies. They do sometimes a really good job of like carpe diem, seize the day. Everything is a gift. It's all grace upon grace. But do we live that way? And it's much more about a relationship than it is about a strategy. Because my short prayer, there's no, it's not a magical formula. It's not, you know... Oh if you just pray this and say this then you'll be fine. That's not how it is. At all. But I think sometimes we believe that. We think oh if I just if I just pray this this way, if I just pray the prayer of Jabez or if I just pray some sort sort of prayer that answers everything, I'll be fine. But I want to talk a little bit about this idea of practicing the presence. Think about it, even in terms of uh, how would I say this? Like I was playing basketball with some friends the other night, some college students, and uh, it was like eleven o'clock at night, and we're all we're all pretty tired. Some guys are putting their shoes, their regular shoes, back on, and this guy's phone starts going off. It's, you know, you know, whatever the alarm or something like that. It's 11 o'clock at night. He's a college student. So it's kind of like, who's calling you at 11? And his, his buddies are kind of giving him a hard time. Like, Ooh, you know, late night call, who's calling you? And, uh, he's like, it's, it's a reminder I've set on my phone to pray. You know, ha ha, you know, like (laughs) in your face, right? (laughs) Like you guys assuming the worst of me. And, uh, So I love it. It's a reminder. and and It's 11 o'clock at night, so he's he's reminding himself on his phone to pray because he's trying to develop a new habit, right? And I I think it was a a little over a year ago I talked about this idea of habits. And uh, I, I think I mentioned when I come in here, I smell the donuts, and I want to go straight to them and eat them all. And... My wife sat down next to me during the praise and worship, and she had a donut, and I, all I could do was want to eat that donut. And, but I, it's it's our brain making shortcuts. That's what habits are. It makes a shortcut. It was like I talked about how you when you back out of the garage for the very first time, it's like a very, you know, you're pulling all kinds of strings and doing a lot to make that maneuver happen. But 600 times in, it's like, you know, You've got a a glass of coffee, you know, you've got the, you're trying to tell the kids to be quiet and you're backing out of the the garage at the same time. And so you've, your brain has made that shortcut to be able to do that thing. So when you want to change a habit, it's like walking down the same path and you come to your shortcut and you have to tell your brain, we're going to take the long way. And that's not so easy, right? It's like, but there's the shortcut right here. Like we just go this way. But you got to tell your brain, no, we're going to take the long way around. And so your habit may be to not pray at 11 o'clock like it was this college student's. But what happens with habits is as you do them over and over, the long way begins to feel like a shortcut. It begins to become familiar and easy. And that's what this practicing the presence is like. It, It works in interruptions, Right? This intention to live in the presence of Christ is a way of saying, I'm here throughout your day. Even if you're interrupted, you tell God, I'm here. And you remember that Jesus was interrupted all the time. He'd be walking, someone would ask him a question. Hey, can you come heal my daughter? Can you come heal my servant? He'd be interrupted all the time. And some of his most gracious miracles were happening when he was interrupted. When your phone is ringing, The next time your phone rings, Lord, I'm here. Help me listen. That conversation goes much differently in my imagination than it does when I feel like I'm being interrupted or I'm in a rush. To simply acknowledge that just saying Lord or God or Jesus all of a sudden changes it. Because all of a sudden, God is present. He's been there the whole time, but you're acknowledging it now. Oh, you are here. Lord, I'm here. Help me to listen to my mother-in-law. Right? Help me to listen to my boss. What do you have for me in this? It changes the way you treat people. Imagine, Just imagine acknowledging the presence of Jesus in every interaction in your life. Imagine being able to see people the way He sees them, created in His image. With a, a soul that is priceless. Now, I surf. And I'm not that great, but I love being out there and there's times when I feel like I'm better than I am and I'll see other people out there and I'll think, I don't know if you really have a soul. <laughs> you <know? laughs> You've caught like 10 waves in a row and I'm still sitting here and now you're in front of me on this wave. <laughs> uh, and I, I caught myself in that the other day, uh, just candidly. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the sports analogies, but I'm giving you one, so sorry. Um, I was surfing, first wave, out at Trestles. And uh, I got um, cut off or snaked or whatever. If you're not a surfer, someone went in front of me and made the wave not so great. Um, And he was pushing maybe 10 years old. (laughs) (laughs) And that's like, you know... (laughs) It's just a little bit of an ego killer, you know, like, no, I can, I can ride. Like, you don't need to go in front of me. I promise I'm, I'm okay. Like, I'm good enough, but it didn't matter. Uh, He just took the whole wave. And uh, (laughs) so now I have to check my heart, you know, I'm just thinking, whose dad didn't teach this kid respect for, you know, who's whatever it is. Like I I go into all these these dark places in my head. And I forget that this is a child created in the image of God. And it's much easier for me to think of him as just this terrible human being, which he's not. He's just a kid that wants to surf and he's excited about surfing. And some old guy got behind him, right? And and that's okay. But I just think, man, what if I was just excited for this kid? Like, oh, the Lord is present here and I'm... Go, Grom, you know, like, get it. God put this here for both of us. Let's do this. (laughs) It's just a different way to live life, isn't it? Seeing people as he sees people. That's part of what it means to practice the presence. Keeping him always before us and at our right hand. Now, back to this national prayer breakfast thing this prayer led me to take a much more open stance with people, right? So I was much more available to whatever God might want to do through me in any conversation or given interaction. And uh, sometimes the prayer would get longer. I'd say, is there anything you want me to say to this person? Is there any way I can serve you in this conversation? Uh, I'm available to you right here, right now. What do you need? What do they need? And as a result, I had one of the best times ever at the prayer breakfast. And I got into great conversations with people, to Antonio, who was serving me my sparkling cider, (laughs) who lives in southeast D.C. and grew up there, lives in a tough part of town. And I sat at a table with the former director of the CIA and two ambassadors and a congresswoman. I met people from the poorest of the poor that were visiting to some of the most powerful people in our country. And I, I appreciate both, both, because they're all made in the image. There's a, there's a saying, uh, the ground is even at the foot of the cross. Just let that sink in. I think some of us have an issue with being present. Not just to God, but to each other. Uh, I want to show you one more clip that I think is funny. Um, I think that you
0: shouldn't just do everything that's available to do isn't a good idea. There's a culture right now that as soon as they say, hey you get to do that I'm going to do it. There's no sort of like maybe that's not just the constant nobody takes in life unless it comes through this. Yes. Like whenever I see a televised event that's a huge like the the Olympics opening ceremony or a Times Square at, at uh, midnight uh, on, on New Year's Eve, everybody, they see seas of people all looking at it through their phone. Yeah. Like, there's explosions and acrobats but they're looking at it through a little three inch screen. Like, I think if Jesus comes back and starts telling everyone everything, it'll just, everybody's just going to be twittering and They won't be like, I am Christ and I have returned. Oh my God, Jesus is right in front of me. Right <laughs> But this is, I'm now going to impart to you, I have a twit pack of Jesus. Oh, my God, it's trending. Jesus is trending right now. Uh, okay. No, I don't have any can idea just, what Can you said. just look at me for a second?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's a confession, right? If Jesus was standing here in the flesh... I know I would see this. Boom. Like, (laughs) and then there'd be a line like, hey, Jesus, can I get, you know, can we just. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag JC and DP. Hashtag. (laughs) Some cool filter. (laughs) Jesus filter. Boom. You know, (laughs) hashtag blessed. (laughs) and I love what Louis C.K. says because he just says he says would you just look at me for a second and there's just some profundity to that statement because he's here look be sure of this I am with you always he says to his disciples even to the end of the age either that's true or that isn't true but Jesus said it. Would you just look at me for a second? I mean, you can you can change your life just by that one little habit of practicing his presence, of saying, Lord, I'm here. I know you're here. I am present to you as you are present to me, as you are Emmanuel, God with us. What do you have for me now? What's next? Because we're all going to go sit out on that patio, and I imagine it'll be a little bit like the prayer breakfast. There's certain people that you're more interested in than others. And because of that, you may lose an opportunity to be present to someone, to be, to bring the Spirit of Jesus into that conversation, into that interaction to bring healing, to bring light and hope that things could be different. That your heart could be glad and that your soul could rejoice and that your body might even actually rest secure for once. That's available to all of us. Can you just look at me for a second? He would often say, Jesus said, Do you have eyes to see? Jesus would say, can you hear? Do you have, He who has ears, let him hear. When you keep the Lord always before you, something happens. When he is as close as your breath, when he is at your right hand, the heart rejoices, the soul rejoices, the heart is glad, and the body may rest secure. I'm going to pray uh, for us as we go out to lunch today. and I want to encourage you guys. Pray that prayer. Lord, I'm here. I'm present. What do you have for me? Let's be present to Him as He's present to us. Father, I thank You for this, this family here, Lord. Lord, we confess that sometimes we are not here. Sometimes we are in other places. We are looking through and beyond people. Sometimes we're stuck in the past. Sometimes we're thinking about what's next. And so we miss your presence with us right here, right now. Lord, we want to see other people as you see them. We want to see ourselves as you see us. But we can't do that without you. Lord, thank you for for coming to be with us, Lord. I pray that we could remove some of the distractions, to sit quietly, to acknowledge your presence, so that we could be with you. Give us courage, give us strength. Bring to our memory this little prayer that we're here, that we're present, and we want to know what you have for us, Lord. Pray all this in the powerful name of your resurrected Son, Jesus. Everybody said amen.